Welcome to Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Dwayne. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sammy. And welcome to our world famous news slash review episodes. We bring you some news and a pop culture quest. This week we're going to be reviewing Logan Lucky, so stick around after the headline news for that. Gentlemen. Who wants to run through the newsroom? Looks pretty hot this week. That's a lot of Marvel. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and no DC inside. <laughs> All right. Well, um, first out of the gate is the aforementioned Marvel. The Marvel Sizzle trailer came out this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, three, uh, I think it was three minutes and 37 seconds long. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was about 60% flashback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a really interesting way they did that because, yeah. I mean, you had all of these titles at the beginning. You have Black Widow, Eternals, Black Panther 2, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you start watching this thing and you're like, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. But, you know, one thing they did do was, uh, I thought it was beautiful, was they, they gave us Cap with the hammer. And, and you actually saw the audience impact of that. And that just gets me so jazzed that, that these things are going to be hitting theaters again. You know, you're going to be able to be in there, maybe not with the full crowd, but you're going to be able to be in a room with some people getting the vibes. And, and, and I think that was the purpose. You know, this was Marvel celebrates the movies. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a way to review, okay, here's some really cool high points that happen in phases one through three. And of course we have Stan doing that, all the dialogue. And I don't know about you guys, but I mean, that gave me chills just, just hearing Stan again, yeah. you know, no matter how you feel about the man, you know, that voice is synonymous with Marvel for me and will always be. But I think it reviewed that and it hit all of those notes with, with you know, Avengers Assemble, Cap with the Hammer. You know, just hearing the audience reaction brought you back to what it was like to be in the theater and see those types of things. Yeah, and <laughs> I was confused. But also, like, I had the warm fuzzies crept in, you know? Yep. Like, yeah, like, and the, like you're talking about the, the moment when, when Cap catches Mjolnir, it's like, I've done such a child i'm not got all emotional again it's like yeah. a five second clip of it <laughs> i started feeling stuff I'm like man yeah. i didn't need to see tony die again i didn't i didn't need that right right but so but after that they start showing a l- tiny little bits of footage for some of the movies that are coming up nothing for some of them in the fantastic form we didn't even have a date but of of the of the new the new movies that did have uh, a little bit of video on them were, were, did any of them jump out to you all like like man i want to see that one I'm really interested to keep to, and they keep on, you know, it's, it's the closest one, but Black Widow, I can't wait to get that thing put to bed. You know, what implications does this have? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a a prequel sort of situation, if I'm not mistaken, because Natasha's gone. But what implications does this have, you know, even for WandaVision, even for Falcon Winter Soldier, that we're going to be able to look back and see, and the, the movies going forward, how does her relationships with, you know, Taskmaster, um, you know, the, the what are they, what are they from Stranger Things. You know? What are they setting up Elena to be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and we already know that 
you know, Contessa was supposed to be in Black Widow first. Is she still there? Or did they change that, as we've now recently found out with WandaVision getting changed? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, they finally told us that. So, I mean, how much is going to change? You know, and the only thing with Black Widow is, I think if you take all the trailers we have and the scissor reel and put it together, you pretty much know the movie, I think, at this point. But <laughs> considered yeah. we've been waiting over a year for it. We yeah. don't know who shoots the blue light up into the sky at the end. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I still can't wait to see... Uh, Scrolls. <laughs> I still can't wait to see David <laughs> Harbour kicking butt, though, um, in, in super suit. Still you know? fits. Ralph Boner. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that, that, that's probably one of, the, one of the ones I'm most excited for. I don't know a lot about the Eternals, but it's kind of got me curious. You know, with Eternals, we got like the big group hero looking shot, you know, sans costuming at least. Um, you know, we got a cool Angelina Jolie with a sword, you know, that kind of thing. So it looks pretty good. Honestly, I'm excited for, for Shang-Chi. Because I'm really excited to see what Marvel can do with this kind of kung fu style movie. Yeah. And I think tying back, and I think we mentioned it in the last news episode, tying back even to the Ten Rings and the Mandarin, finally, maybe we're going to see where that can lead. Yeah, that that was the one that got me. I, mean, I, I think we're familiar with Black Widow. We just want to yeah. see that. We just need that. that to go ahead and come out. Yeah. Um, Shang-Chi is not a comic book character I'm very familiar with. I mean, he's shown up in cameos mm -hmm. and things I've read. I've never read a lot of Shang-Chi. He's an all right character. It just never really jumped off the page to me. But the more I see of that movie, the more interested I am. Um, yeah. And not just for the novelty of seeing the MCU do a you know, martial arts flick, but just it just looks really interesting. Yeah. 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 I'm I, I really... Uh I know we've talked a lot about, you know, Marvel just makes, you know, they make a spy movie with superheroes in it. They make a war movie with superheroes in it. They make a heist movie and put superheroes in it. You know, this is going to be their Kung Fu movie with superheroes. And it's going to be a really neat take. I got a little bit of a Big Trouble Little China vibe with the uh, with the magic in the streets mm, and, yeah. the, and all the Kung Fu. So I'm, I'm sure this is going to be a fan <laughs> of Jamie's. There. You know, and if you think how smart is it, it looks like they're going to wrap phase four with the fantastic four i mean yeah that's some marketing there you know um, i wish we would have had more even if it would have just been some 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 just just put these guys in a in a black and blue outfit and have them standing there that reminds me i've got a question um you're right i, I by the way the fantastic four outfits with the black on them mm -hmm. they did for a while i love those um, yes the um Captain Marvel 2 wasn't on there, but a movie called Marvel's was. Is that Captain Marvel 2 yes, or is that something else? It is. That's, yeah, that's because be it's Marvel, isn't it? Well, it's Marvel's because it is, you know, Miss Marvel. Ms. Marvel. Carol, it's Carol Danvers. And Spectrum, it's, what is she going yeah. by? Um, I'm not for sure. Photon, Photon Spectrum, yeah. you know, yeah, there's no talent. But it's the three of them. Okay. You know, so it's Tayana Paris. It's, you know, um, uh, my mind's blank. The girl playing Kamala Khan. Yeah, I, I can't remember her her name really well. But I don't. I don't remember that being changed. I don't remember an announcement about that. Right. That's the first I'd seen of it. And it was even with um, Black Panther too. It's Black Panther Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah, that changed. You that know, too. and and so you're you're starting to see that. Of course, Guardians gets Volume Three, but you know that that just keeps with the brand. Yeah. So well, Iron Man always kept the numerals. 
all of your other ones had a, you know a, a different name and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad that they've done that with the black panther you know wakanda forever and I'm, I'm really interested to see where they go with those characters especially since the passing of uh, chadwick boseman yeah um you know so unfortunate but where they take that story is going to be really really fun to see i think well, speaking of unfortunate, let's move on to our next uh, item. The Modoc trailer came out this week. He's the one guy that's not been in the movies that needed to be. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, this was really confusing to me because talk I talk about getting it. a real big head about movies. I mean, this is <laughs> well. Well, I seen this and I think, why is this on Hulu and not Disney? You know, and, and then you Disney watch the trailer. Owns Hulu, and then I watched the trailer and realized <laughs> Disney doesn't own Adult Swim yet. Yes. Yeah, this is not your family-friendly Marvel fair, folks. No, this is this is Marvel meets Robot Chicken. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly what I thought. This feels like I, Robot Chicken. Exactly yes, very much. So notice the aim agents, the action figure style look of those, the claymation version of, of kind of animation there. Um, but it looks hilarious. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. It wasn't this. Yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't this, but I think I'm going to be glad to see it when it hits. I'm more excited than I thought I was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Simon Williams, Wonder Man, dating his ex-wife. Modoc is riding Fin Fang Foom. I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, did you guys look at the IMDb who Wonder Man is? I didn't see the voice actor. Nathan Philly. Okay. Oh, I was, awesome. That's perfect. <laughs> I mean, how much? That's yeah, perfect. How much you so. <laughs> Patton Oswalt is Modoc. Yes. Yeah. And Nathan Philly, I mean... What have we been waiting on for him to be Wonder Man? Well, I didn't find this out until today. The um, Patton Oswalt and his writing partner wrote the TV series. Hmm. Um, they also wrote a stealth tie-in comic book miniseries. Hmm, okay. The Modoc series that's been coming out, I think there's one issue left, it's a four-issue mini, is a tie-in kind of. And so on the on the show, it's about his family trying to rescue his family, all right. that kind of stuff. In the comic book series, he's being tortured by somebody implanting false memories of a family he never had. Oh, hmm. and it's also written by Patton Oswalt right. and his partner. So both. So it's there's this weird thing about Modoc's family, and I'm, I'm, so I'm so wonder what implications that's going to have to this. I'm actually going to have to read that now. Yeah, yeah, that, that that'd be worth checking out. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. I'm going to now. <laughs> so and honestly, guys, this right around the corner. What yeah. May twenty first? Yeah, is that the drop date on? I Hulu? forgot it was that coming that soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also in some not so family friendly news, I don't know maybe about the uh, the the show that we're going to be talking about, but Game of Thrones is getting uh, some prequel treatment here. House of the Dragon, and so it's begun production, which is more than we can say for some of George R. R. Martin's books. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'm excited about is in for this because I'm not going to watch it um, is Matt Smith's getting work. Mm-hmm, exactly. I, he's, he's the best doctor, so I'm just I'm glad he's getting work. Well, you know, I I, I think it's interesting. I, I'd seen some steals with him in the kind of white Targaryen wigs, and he fits perfect with with a little bit of Game of Thrones that I watched. I mean, he fits perfect with the yeah, Targaryen. He's definitely got the look. Uh, my only worry is, even though I'm glad to see Matt Smith, it is Game of Thrones. I worry about how much mm. of Matt Smith I'm going to see. <laughs> you know, so. I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> or not. <laughs> I, he just looks weird without a bow tie. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> don't know how that's going to do with the uh, dragon armor. 
<laughs> there is one episode in in that that he goes to visit what's called the Church of the Papal Mainframe, and you have to go naked to to show you know, and it's crazy episode. So of Doctor Who, yes. <laughs> okay. All righty then. Well, let's move on to uh, some Amazon Prime news. Yes, um, Paper Girls, a comic book series that I absolutely adore and that I think is going to make for great TV. It would be a terrible movie. I'm glad it's not getting turned into a movie. It's too much story, too twisty, too weird, too complicated to be a movie. But Amazon Prime is making the TV show. And um, I I haven't seen an episode run, like how long they expect it to be, but I think it's going to be a multiple series run. They've begun production. They've begun casting. It's absolutely insane. I'm sure it's being made because of Stranger Things. I think it's set in 85 I think Not for sure. But isn't there a time travel element to the book though? Um, I don't know how much I want to spoil. There's lots okay. of time travel. <laughs> okay. That's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. I've never read Tons it, of time travel. but that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And it's, it, it's real timey wimey. Um, but, and they've begun casting and I, I really think that when this comes out, if they're even ballpark close to the story of the comic series, um, it's going to be amazing TV. It needs it needs a solid budget. They they can't cheap out on this, or, or right. it won't work. But if they give it a budget, give it enough, you know, room to breathe, episode wise, this will be an amazing show, and we will be talking about this again. And I think just recently, Ali Wong has been cast. She's one of the. I think just a couple of days ago, I'd seen where she was cast, uh, and I know she's a comedian, but she's also some, done some different things. So. Well, I know she's going to play, and it'll work. Okay, it will work. She'll be great for who there's. There's, I know who she is. Okay, awesome. <laughs> it's, it's a great casting for her. Oh, fantastic. Man. Yeah. Well, as long as somebody knows something. I mean. Yeah. No, this is a, <laughs> I mean, it's a great, it's twisty. It's a great series. And if it's done, like, it's like, a, even with a ballpark level of quality of that comic book series, mm-hmm. it'll be great TV. I mean, if it's done extremely well, it could be amazing TV. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Amazon has really knocked out of the park with some of their uh, series. Uh, I feel I loved Man in the High Castle. Uh, I know there's uh, quite a few other ones that are great, but uh, yeah, Amazon, you know, these streaming services have really been knocking it out, and Amazon has not been shabby. But guys, are we ready to uh, speed it up a little bit with the Roundtable Rewind? All right, so um, this next little item I threw on here, and, and, and I guess it, it, it's maybe a bit self-serving, gentlemen, so I apologize, but... Um, I just gushed about Paper Girls. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm just really excited. You know, when in, you know, J- Jamie said there was no DC in sight. Here it is. Right. You know, in DC Comics, I forgot. There is one of the best duos ever. And it's not Batman and Robin, it's Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. And they are coming back in a title called, you know, Blue and Gold. Uh, so it's just pretty much straight up, right? But this is going to be one of those infinite uh, frontier titles. And I love the fact they're bringing Ted Cord back. Um, you know, I think Ted Cord Blue Beetle gets lost a little bit sometimes in the history of comics because he was co-created by Steve Ditko, who also created Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Uh, but Ted Cord Blue Beetle kind of gets pushed to the side, I think, in his creations. Um, but I love that they're coming back. Him and uh, Booster Gold together are always hilarious. Hopefully they can bring some of that energy from the old Justice League International series. This is Dan Jurgens writing it. 
and then Ryan Sook is doing the art. So I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, my biggest question is, I don't know what happened to Jaime Reyes, who's pretty much been the Blue Beetle since 2006. Maybe it's his turn to be dead. Maybe. You never of course, know. been dead for a long time. Yeah, they brought Ted back in Rebirth, but he wasn't the Blue Beetle because he had a heart condition and couldn't suit up anymore. He had had multiple heart attacks and was taking nitroglycerin pills. So, you know, strange writing, but it was okay. But <laughs> <Yeah>. decisions were made. <laughs> something like that. But it's a limited series. So this isn't an ongoing. So I, I'm excited to see where it goes. And it's part of uh, DC's July solicitations. So I've already pre-ordered my copy. So, <laughs> well, well, speaking about limited series, uh, Bad Batch dropped this last week. Ooh, and yes. uh, I know we don't want to get into a whole lot of it. Uh, and we don't really know a whole lot about it now. But the big news of note is this thing is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes as of the release. I mean, I've seen the premiere. It was phenomenal. It was great. But wow, 100% Star Wars on TV. Yep. That's All the snobs that turn up their nose at Mortal Kombat love the Bad Batch. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I think the thing that I, I love with Bad Batch, you know, I, I watched the, the first episode on Star Wars Day, you know, and I watched the second episode. As we're recording this, you know, I watched the second episode uh, earlier this this afternoon. Um there, I feel like there are stakes. There are great moments. You know, these are off-the-wall characters that normally you wouldn't think of be heading a Star Wars show. Um, but they are great characters. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I love the way there's conflict here uh, that works really, really well. And it fits into that lovely time period where we don't really know a whole lot, at least with the Disney timeline of Star yeah. Wars. Well, before we go any deeper into that, I just would like to say, you know, 100%, D. Bradley Baker voicing all everybody of, all of the bad batch so every face on there that you see that's a clone every face you see on there that's the bad batch that is one man voicing that so i mean that's 75 80 percent of the show right there and then so, there's freddie prince jr well, well we'll we'll get there later but uh, one place that i was really afraid about one thing i was i was scared to death when i first seen that they were going to do this and then I watched the trailer. And I agree with the trailer. This is what theaters were made for. A Quiet Place 2. You get a little bit of prequel. You get, looks like they're carrying on the after story. You see the mom walking with, with her foot bandaged. She's still bandaged. Oh, I noticed that. Cool. She's still got the bandaged foot. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> oh, God, I just still shudder with that. But yeah, this, oh, I cannot wait for this to hit fast enough. A Quiet Place 2. What was the date on that? I didn't write it down. It's uh, pretty May twenty eighth. Yeah. Yep. May twenty eighth. Uh, my first thought was, uh, I wonder when the last time she had a tetanus shot was. <laughs> <laughs> you are in healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but you're, I mean you're right. I, I, I think that the the two things that really piqued my interest with that trailer was like, you know, we just accepted the world we replaced in. We didn't see how it happened. How it happened. Yeah. It's so like a, little, I, a little bit of a glimpse of yeah, that. Yeah. That, that was so great. Yeah, and we get Jim from the office for a few minutes that way. Very true, um, very true. And then, and then we get to see like the impact on the rest of the world. Like we just saw what happened to that family and the impact on their lives. Now we get to see what happens, you know, in a broader perspective. They're traveling out. Yeah. yeah. So that that's a great direction to go. Both both of those angles were great directions yeah. to go for a sequel. Well, with this, like you said, it's a much larger scale. 
you know, we've got more characters. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm always a little questioning. And I think when we reviewed A Quiet Place, we talked about the suspense element with the beasties. You're going to get probably better looks at them now. And, and sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I, I like when they're more like, you know, when the monsters are more in the shadows and the suspense is a bit higher, you know. So we'll have to see exactly what that starts to look like. Well, yeah. I, I got kind of a shift. A little bit. You remember how Alien was the horror movie in outer space? Yes. And Aliens was the military, you mm-hmm. know, space movie. I kind of get kind of a vibe there. Like, you know, Quiet Place 1 was the, you know, small horror, you know, family horror movie. Right. Whereas this one's more like the broader sort of like rustic battle yeah. type thing. Because it felt yeah. like there was big battle scenes. Yeah. Like when they're trying to hide in the little hangar bunker thing and there's the thing dripping. It felt like a big battle scene. So I think I think they're shifting, not genre, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. a, it's the, the shift in Bit of a feel, tone yeah. and yeah. And of course, we're getting a, another IMDb nod for uh, Jamin Honsu, who, who I think is in almost every movie now. He, yeah. he, he's becoming, you know, that guy that day hey, he was in. And we've got Celia Murphy's crazy eyes. Yes, very yeah. much. <laughs> so, but I'm with Dwayne. The fact that her foot was still bandaged is the first thing I noticed. Like, <gasps> oh, yeah. Know. I was like, oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how fast they filmed this because those kids don't look any older. No. No, not at all. They must have no. they must have gotten the filming done pretty quickly. Something kind of they they definitely got that taken care yeah. of. I don't know, maybe they they've got Marvel's de-aging software. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know Hollywood nowadays, I mean, you have people 50, 60 years old looking like they're 30, 40. Well, I mean, but no, but like the, but the even the, the young girl, yeah. Yeah, the the even the hearing impaired girl. Like when she's following her mom behind on the Olympic, exactly she looks the exact same. same. Like that exactly had to at least same. be eighteen months, two years between filming. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next up we have some more Marvel news. Uh, another one of these limited series coming up, Loki, but it's making a move, guys. Yeah. So uh, according to Marvel, Wednesday is the new Friday. <laughs> Um, and so Loki is moving to a Wednesday release date. Now, the good thing is that means we get Loki two days earlier than we would have if it had kept that Friday date. Um, so, so guys, I mean, we've had one division, we've had Falcon and Winter Soldier. Are we looking forward to Loki? I'm looking forward to Loki so much. I love Tom Hiddleston's uh, portrayal of that character. He has been my favorite you know marvel villain especially since he comes back you know he's he's not one of these guys i hate that they you know they, they've done away with so many great villains they've, they've just killed them all so quickly it seems like but but loki is you know is one that's come back and i'm glad to see him back i'm torn okay. um because i've really loved the way his story ended um and I felt like it was a fitting end. Like we had, you know, a kind of a redemption story for Loki. Right. Um, I, I thought I, I was I was happy leaving the story there. Um, and it's kind of a weird thing. They're going back in time and grabbing him for when he was still, you know, <laughs> no lessons learned, Loki. Right. Um, and so, so I'm curious about how that how they're going to play that out. How they're going to play with a different version of that story. But yeah, this is right after he snatched the tesseract in New York, right? Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. he's learned nothing at this point. Yeah, he's, right. I mean he, this is this is full jerk mode Loki. And so, um, I don't know. I just I really liked how his story played out, and I felt like it was really moving, fitting in, and I was cool with leaving it there. And so, I, like I said, I'm I'm torn about it. Right. But I do have a child who is 
so excited <laughs> for Lucky to be coming out. So I'm happy for her. Awesome. And I'm excited. I, I, you know, I love the Thor corner of the MCU. I have since, Percy, I think I picked up my four, first issue of Thor in 1988, possibly, you know, and I've, I've read Thor ever since. And I love the fact that we're going to get a spotlight on on Loki. And when they're talking about, you know, the time variance authority and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I remember the books that was in. Uh, so I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what they do with it here. All right, well, the, the last item is one I think we're all excited about. Yes. Nobody's torn. There's no ambivalence. Mm-hmm. We're all thrilled. Stranger Things 4. I just need a date. Just tell me when. Just please. When do I flop my hunting down on the couch <laughs> with the Coke and the popcorn and the snacks? When do we get to review it? <laughs> yeah, we've got to, we, we'll change the schedule, guys. For sure. <laughs> we'll fit you in. Yeah. So, so what do you guys think about this, this teaser? We, we saw the doctor, Papa, you know, Something cryptic about something exciting they were going to do. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to get some some eleven flashbacks. Maybe meet some of the other kids. So so basically, it's eleven's red room, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can all say for our excitement level of Stranger Things for us. Yes, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to wonder if they're going to extend this, and we're going to see other kind of enhanced children. Is this the way that? Millie Bobby Brown gets to age out of the role. Hmm. hmm. I mean, I question. Well, I mean, we, we've gotten, I mean, as, this this trailer just really just made me excited. Like, hey, it's real. It's happening. Mm-hmm. I'll see yeah. it fairly soon. Um, but it really didn't tell us that much more than the one from pre-pandemic Oh, ever ago, well, I mean, but the one that had just David Harbour. Well, I was going to say previously you had David Harbour in Russia. So so showed you what happened after season three. This is going back to before season right. one. Yeah, uh, possibly. But I'm saying like oh, this, uh, we don't, we're we're not seeing a lot of what what we should expect mm-hmm. for season four. But I remember like when Stranger Things three trailers were coming out, we saw the Ferris wheel, we saw all the mall stuff. Like we saw a lot more. I still don't know what right. in the world's going on here. I are still we, want it. I'm still excited. Are we rescuing Hopper? Are we going back to these kids in the rooms? Are yeah. we Are we going to rescue the kids or some of those kids in Russia or something? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we don't know anything. Well, once again, you were you were laughing at my my Red Room reference, but Hopper's in Russia. He's going to become Red Guardian. <laughs> uh, this is going to be the Marvel Stranger Things crossover. You know. <laughs> well, see, they're in America, so maybe it's the Red, White, and Blue Room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But needless to say, we are definitely excited for Stranger but you're, Things. But you're exactly right. We need the date. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I need to know when this thing's going to happen. Yeah. I need to, so Netflix, you dropped the ball on us. So we need you to go back and pick that up. Hulu managed to get us Modoc. You can get us Stranger Things. You can get things. us right. on Stranger Things. Just, just give me a month, a season. I don't care. Hey, I've got a question, guys. Do you think they should switch their model up for Stranger Things? Because um, they've been doing like, because Netflix has ne- has very rarely done the one episode at a time drop. Right. Um, I think, I don't know if it's going to be Stranger Things 4 or 5 will be the last season. I've heard different things about how many they plan on going. I, I would like for the last season to be dropped an episode per week and draw it out and make it this big, you know, pop culture conversation. I would love beyond anything for that to happen, but I don't want it to feel like Stranger Things is copying something. 
Right. And I'm afraid at this point in the game it would feel derivative because it had three seasons that's dropped all at once. It's your choice whether you binge it all together or an episode or two at a time. You know, it's it's always been your choice. They've been there. It's very tempting. But, you know, I think that if they would were to space it out, I think they would get some backlash. Oh, they're doing the Disney thing. You know, they're doing the Marvel. They're doing the Star Wars thing because it's what it you know it's working. So it's the Duffer Brothers, Netflix want to be like. He says, I, I would love to see it spaced out there. I think it would be top-notch appointment television happening that way. But we have already the precedent of three seasons dropping, bam. Well, that, that was what I was thinking for the last season, do that. Like make yeah. the last season last. Mm. Make it special, something like that. Because I, I just feel like that it's an amazing show, but it doesn't have the cultural footprint that it could have because it just it shows up, we binge it, and then it's we move gone. on to something else. Yes. Right. And I, I feel like if, 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 I don't know, some way we could make it stretch longer, last. be talked about longer, that, I don't know, I feel like it would be more meaningful. For, would, for a final season... For a final season, I think if they worked up to that, if they kind of said, this is what we're doing, you know, or if they let you know maybe at the end of season four, you know, this is going to take a minute, you know, this is going to be something we're going to have to, and and kind of played it into the show because, you know, really the show kind of takes place over a weekend most times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the events here, you're getting you're in six, eight episodes, and they're taking place over a weekend. But if But if then they go say, oh, this is going to be the big game, you know, and, and, and actually play with the time of the show that that may work better and may make it relevant to the show. But I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I would love for it to play out and, and become more of a thing. But I think if they did it now, it would be a little derivative. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but you guys, but from just even watching that little teaser though, I, I'm wanting to go back and rewatch oh, yeah. the first, the, the three seasons, just cause I want to, I want to get back to those characters. Yeah, for sure. I, I, went, I went back and watched a bunch of YouTube clips. Did you? I did. I, yeah, I, mean, I went straight from the, tra- the trailer to watching like Steve hanging out with Dustin. <laughs> a bunch of clips. <laughs> well, well, you know, guys, really as far as season four, that's still going to be in the future. And I guess we're just going to have to see what might be in the future. Now that we are in Professor Trelawney's classroom, we are preparing ourselves to gaze into the future. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last week, gentlemen... I see the grim every week. <laughs> Last week. Well, Jamie, I feel things are, are taking a turn for you, possibly. Uh-oh. Wrath of Man, Jason Statham, Guy Ritchie. I says it's going to be a 67. Jamie says 72. Sam says 70. Right down the middle. Right down the middle, right there. So, guys, we've got a really tight spread the audience score is 91. 
the audience score is 91 on Rotten Tomatoes. However, the tomato meter lands at 66%. (laughs) So the tomato meter is 66% on Wrath of Man, which brings me one point off. Uh, Jamie, six point off. Sammy, four. Still call that a win for me. Still call that a win. So so, so we're still doing prices right rules, right? So whoever's closest. Whoever's closest. If Jamie is not, if Jamie's within 20 points of it, I'm calling it a win for you. That's right. Absolutely. That's how I think about it. All right. Well, Jamie, you're doing a a wonderful job of picking out uh, some of these uh, trailers because there's really been some weird trailers for movies happening soon. You know, everything is so far in the future. We really can't, uh, you know, predict that from week to week. But uh, this week you have Those Who Wish Me Dead. Okay. I picked this for two reasons. Um, it's the the big picture IMDb, IMDb had Angelina Jolie's face on it. The title is Those Who Wish Me Dead. I thought, she's in a horror movie. This would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on the list. I didn't watch the trailer. <laughs> It is not a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. (laughs) Well, I guess what we get, though, is Angelina Jolie going back to the action thriller movie genre Mm -hmm. with this. Um, You know, and I don't think she's really dipped her toe into that since, what, Tomb Raider? Salt? Salt. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, this isn't a genre that we tend to see her in. So I don't know if... Maybe Eternals gave her the the itch to be a little bit more of an action star again, you know. And ergo, she's going, you know, from Eternals, which has been filmed forever, to those who wish me dead. Yeah. Well, this does look like a very very interesting movie, so I'll go ahead and lead off with my predicted score. Um, this looks like a this looks like Hollywood critic bait to me, um, in, in disguise as an action movie. But I'm I'm going eighty two on the Rotten Tomato meter there? Um, I'll, I'll jump in next. Um, I think it looks like a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there might be some you know awards bait going on there. Um, it looks like a hot mess. Looks like, it's like about three movies jammed into one two-hour block. It, yeah. Um, I'm going. Fi- I'm looking. I'm looking at about a fifty-two percent. Fifty-two. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's gonna. I mean, the cast is mind-blowing. Yeah, but it looks like a strange plot. Well, you know, you're you're talking about cast. I mean, you're looking at what John Bernthal, Tyler Perry, Nicholas Holt, Angelina Jolie, right off the top. Uh, I think that'll be enough to get people in the seats. I think this will be an audience score probably a little higher than the tomato meter. Uh, I'm going to go 78 percent though. I'm going to stick in the stick in the 70s. Okay, I already know I'm wrong. <laughs> when I'm all, when I'm when I'm off by myself, as I'm always way off. <laughs> I don't know, but I think uh, you know it, this movie is going to be. I, th- I think it's going to be one of two minds. I think you're either going to have, like I said, there's a lot going on in this movie. There's there's a lot, and, and, and even from this trailer, I'm like, okay. Is it a firefighter movie? Is it a, you know, people after her, they after the kid? What's going on here? You know, and uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. You know, well, is, it a, is it a government thing? Is it a kidnapping <laughs> thing? What's happening? Yeah, there's, there's three movies in the trailer. There's the 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 main character who's had some kind of trauma in the past, a really traumatic failure. Mm-hmm. Looks like she's going to have to do some personal healing up there in that tower all by herself. Mm-hmm. Got that going on, and then there's like these all these crazy fires. Oh, it's going to be like Twister, where it's, you know. He, you know, human against nature. 
And then a kid shows up and like there's the man in black chasing him. Like, there's like three different movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the thing. So it, it's it's going to be either really, really high there or really low. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm, But I'm thinking that from the setup, it looks like a little bit of critic bait to me. I did have a question about that, though. They they kept advertising Taylor Sheridan. Is this his directorial debut? Because I, I know him as a writer. Not for sure. I don't know that he's directed before. It must be. Okay. Yeah, it must be one of his first anyway. Well, guys, since we have the news wrapped up, in behind us, we've got all the chores done. The houses, the papers are all <laughs> neat there. It's time to mount our steeds and go on our quest. Have any coconuts? <laughs> Would you get the coconuts? Well, as bad as my accent was, there we got some things to talk about with this movie. Logan Lucky. Um, what's the director's name again? Uh, Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh. Yes. I knew it was one of those alliterative titles. Steven Soderbergh, Logan Lucky, Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Daniel Craig, Katie Holmes. Dwight Yoakam, Hillary Swank. Apparently Jessica White. Jessica White. <laughs> you have Jack Quaid, one of the Gleason siblings. <laughs> okay, guys. Let's just go into some greats. Uh, uh, this movie was my fault. It was my pick. I'm giving this thing an A. This is a hillbilly heist, enough said. There you go. Yeah. You know, as we talked about, this was my first ever viewing. I know both you gentlemen had had have really talked about this movie before. I never watched it. Um, it's definitely not what I was expecting, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. Uh, you've got some honestly really great performances. And and I, I just the nature of this movie and, and the the way they're playing with it, I wasn't expecting that. Um, it is this hillbilly heist, or or I, I, I think the uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway guy called it a hee haw heist at one time. <laughs> um, you know, man, and we'll, we'll talk about fans and pans, but I think A also for sure. It's an A movie. I'm going even higher. I mean, this is an A plus movie for me. Other than a couple of unconvincing accents, I don't, I don't see any flaws. Um, I think the pacing, with a slight little thing, at, you know, at one spot, I've got one slight little pacing, you know, question. Um, but I think the performances, by and large, even with a few, like I said, unconvincing accents, the performances are all really good. Even for people like actors I didn't know. And like, like the lady that plays Melly. Melly's really good in this. I don't know who that is, um, but she's really good. Um, the you know, the it's it's really clever. Um, I mean, the heist is 
smart, but it's like a double high. So it's like an extra little twist on it. I, yeah. I love, I love the whole thing. I just, I love this movie. And I, I used to think Channing Tatum was just a, you know, an empty suit. That dude can act. Yeah, he's he showed he really shows mm-hmm. some chops in here. Yeah, and um, I just I love this movie, and I think it's an absolute travesty that it was such a box office flop, and that no one has seen it. Yeah, I know we uh, we talk a lot of, with this movie, Jamie, and hopefully Sammy will add it to this list too. You know, a lot when we talk about Baby Driver, yeah. a lot of yeah. time, you know, it's kind of one of those missed great things. This is just so much fun, and what you have, you know, you have these 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 hillbillies from Boone County, West Virginia, you know, and Things aren't going great for them. The unlucky Logan, you know, Adam Driver has the whole theory of the family <laughs> curse, you know, all this stuff happening. He lost his hand in the war. Channing Tatum blew his knee out, you know, was supposed to be a football star. You know, all these things just keep going wrong for them when they're at the cusp of greatness. And then you know, they decide to rob the Speedway in Charlotte, North Carolina, which I'll get into my pans about that in a little bit but um don't think about you know that whole <laughs> the, the whole setup there the whole uh thing and 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 like I said, the actors i mean i know adam driver can act but this is completely different for him i mean seth mcfarland coming through has this insane you know nascar driver i mean you have the winter soldier uh, you know is this this hippie naturalist you know race car driver uh, he, he's just kind of in here for a moment but he steals some of these scenes you know he's mm-hmm. so great uh, you know, uh, yeah, Melly, uh, Lucky, uh, Riley Keough is a lady's name. She's a you know, young lady. She's a, I mean, she's chews this scenery. I've not seen her in anything else, but she just eats this scenery up. But uh, yeah, um, let's let's go ahead and uh, and get our fans out at the speedway. It can get pretty warm. All right. This movie is busier than a one-armed bartender. <laughs> There's, you've got a lot going on. But I'll tell you, my fan is the cast. Every person in this cast, they had to buy and love this. Because you, you could tell, this isn't a huge budget movie. You know, it's kind of set in a couple weird little places. You can tell they didn't really have a lot to play with. But these actors... On these roles, the devotion, the, the 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 accents, no matter what you think about them, some of them are spot on. I know some of these folks. You know, <laughs> some of them are way out there. Okay, hillbillies in space. I don't know what's going on, um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, the cast just knocks it out of the park for me with this. Uh, well, well, mine mine is, I guess, related, um, but I I enjoyed the way they interpreted and played with Appalachian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, because most times when that's featured in a movie, it's not in a favorable manner. Right. <laughs> it's it, Everything is the butt of the joke. Um, it's just mocking. Or it's like this National Geographic. Let's look what these strange natives we found back in these woods are like. <laughs> you know? um, but in this movie, it's definitely shown to be a distinct culture. I mean, they it is different, right? It is, it right. is a distinct um, heritage and culture. And... I don't, but I don't feel Steven Soderbergh is ever sneering at it. No, um, and I love that they get to be smart. Um, how often do you hear somebody talk like, um, 
Channing Tatum in this movie and is a brilliant strategist. Yeah. I'm not sure what Daniel Craig's accent exactly is, <laughs> but the man should have been a chemist. I it's, mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's the Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, the, the, how many guys who are playing a West Virginia or Appalachian hick get to do chemistry on the wall and, right. ex- and break it down and explain, it, to, and explain yeah. it? I mean, you don't see that. Right. If that that's that's a really great thing, uh, Jamie. I'm glad you brought up because, like you said, so many times when you get you know the hillbillies, the hicks, or whatever, they're so frowned upon and and just beat down upon. And stupid. Yeah, and stupid. Right. But you know, we are a, a proud people. We are an intelligent group. Uh, you know, maybe not everybody, but you know, <laughs> we, you know, there are people who do know all the twitters. Well, I would say that every region has probably the same ratio of hyper-intelligent to, you know, not so intelligent people. Um, and I, I just think that we, we're not, we don't often see that ratio yeah. when Appalachia is portrayed right. in popular culture. Yeah. You just see the dumb people. And we've got Joe Banks. I mean, yeah, they talk with an accent like I'm talking like right now. Um, but we've got high, really super intelligent people. There are, you know, Channing Tatums, the, the Jimmy Logans who are really smart. We've got the Joe Banks who are really smart and know things, you know, and you don't see that portrayed often and not as well. And it's, and it's not shocking the way it's like, it's just, yeah, there are smart people that talk like us. It's not like the shocking thing. Like, Oh, there are smart people in West Virginia. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. I I love that about this movie. Yeah. We, you know, you, you kind of talked about the, the cast, you know, Dwayne had mentioned the cast and you kind of mentioned about the, the portrayal of, of the, the Appalachian, not Appalachian peoples. Okay. Um, but I think for me, you know, you've got these great leads, these three leads, you know, Daniel Craig, Adam Driver, Channing Tatum, but I'm going to throw my fan to the supporting cast, you know, the people around them, you know, Dwayne mentioned Seth MacFarlane, all right, playing some off the wall, I don't know, British, Australian type of, of, of character, right? <laughs> Sebastian Stan. That's the one I was like, hey, you know, because I never watched this movie. It, Jack Quaid. It took me a moment going, is that really? Is that Jack Quaid? You know, I mean, between the hair and the tattoos and you know, those types of things. <laughs> then you stick Katie Holmes and Dwight Yoakam and Brian Gleason and Hillary Swank in the middle of all this. And then you even get your Stranger Things alum. You get Mr. Clark, Mr. Clark yeah. and the arcade dude both showing up in yes. this. So, I mean, there's so many recognizable faces that, you know, this movie is just so much fun. And then you see these people and they're, they're playing such interesting characters. You just, you just can't help but enjoy this one. Yeah. And, and the, um, I, don't, I, never, I didn't get the actress's name, but the little girl. Mm-hmm. No, she was adorable. She was so adorable. Oh yeah. And, and her scenes with Channing Tatum were so sweet. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Her her daddy, yeah. yeah. Uh, and th- and you know that is such a beautiful relationship. You know, and even with the broken family, you know, he's 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 being a dad. He's he's putting in the time. He might not be doing everything else he needed to do the right way, but he was putting in the time. He was being he was being available for his kid. And how many times do you see that portrayed in a movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and you know, guys, I mean, I don't have kids, but. The room did get a bit dusty there at the end of the pageant. Yeah. You know, when she sings a song for yeah, her she's, daddy. Yeah, she's having her little pageant thing. And that, that was just sweet, you know. Yeah. It was, it was. Really Going from Rihanna to John Denver, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and and it was neat, you know, having the little history of the song. You know, the, the, the guys who wrote, you know, almost heaven. Yeah, you know, country roads never have had stepped foot in West Virginia. You know, but just just the Lord being, you know, but they were, you know, next door in D.C. You know, off that, you know, weird eastern panhandle up there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but speaking about weird things, um, you know, I know the uh, the the Speedway had some issues with with their uh, internet and money drops and things, and they were really busy with that. I hope they had time to wash those pans they were making those hot dogs in. They shouldn't have cast Mr. Clark in his role in this movie. No. Mr. Clark would have fixed that hurry. He would have fixed he that would hurry. Have. <laughs> Easily. Like, I, got a, I have a superconductor magnet. <laughs> there would have been no more issues there at the speedway. No more issues at the speedway. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so our, our pan section, and uh, you know, leading off here with this being my baby, I've been driving these roads my entire life, there has never been a day that I have driven from anywhere near Boone County, West Virginia to Charlotte Motor Speedway and back again. <laughs> I'm, about sure, it. I'm sure it's possible, <laughs> but that's not a day drive. <laughs> Especially if you want to go put in a shift and then come back home for not. You know, that's that's not going to happen. Um, you know, I loved all the call out of the little road names. It kind of bothered me when they called 119, the I-19, but I think previously to it being determined an interstate, you know, the corridor G, it was, you know, interstate 19, and then they wind it into the four lanes and, you know, put on the interstate, you know, the 119. But, uh, you know, that that's really, whenever they start talking geographically, I'm like, yeah, I know that place, I know that place. Just, just don't drive to Charlotte in a damn bag, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's, but you're right, yeah. the, the, the worst part, I can see them doing it for like a special mission type deal. Yeah. Right. There's no chance that Jimmy Logan is driving, driving into work day every day. morning, doing a shift and driving back, driving home. back home. There's just, yeah, yeah. I, have to, I have to intentionally not think about that. Yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to Google Speedway here and see where we're at. Yeah, somebody, that, somebody go up next and I'll get some time here. All right. Well, I'll, I'll jump in next. Um, the end felt a little rushed. Um, that, I mean, that's really all I've got. I mean, once they finish the thing and they go home and Jimmy walks away from that truck at the gas station, everything after that just feels like, you know, maybe you've taken your podcatcher and you've turned it up to like 1.25 speed mm-hmm. and you're going a little too fast. And the whole, the whole Hillary Swank investigation thing feels a little bit tacked on, a little bit rushed, and then left hanging at the end. Um, so I just, I would like to either have had that thought through a little bit more, done something a little bit differently there, or maybe just taken a little bit more time with it. Um, and then when they unpack, you know, the second heist, where the Logans, you know, went back behind everybody for doing a, another heist. Right. Um, I just thought, I would have liked to have lingered with those moments a little bit more. Um that's a, that's a very tiny pain though, because I still love the end of this movie. Yeah, you know, I, I think for me, oh, you got it, Dwayne. I got you. Yeah, you're yeah. looking at from Danville, West Virginia, which is you know, kind of heart of Boone County, uh, where a lot of these Route Three, Seventeen Eighty Five, and One Nineteen kind of all meet. From from Danville, West Virginia, which is about forty minutes north of where we are right now. You're looking at a four-hour, 21-minute drive <laughs> to Charlotte Motor Speedway. Right. Four hours, 21 minutes. That's that's one way. That's the fastest route. Not even Melly could pull that off. Not even Melly. No, no. Yeah. 
Not even Millie in her stolen, you know, car. <laughs> neon, <laughs> neon blue Mustang yeah. hit the market yet. Oh. <laughs> no, but I, I think for me, you know, at, at first, you know, one of the things, it's just knee jerk. I hate when people try to do the accents in, in Appalachia. I really do, especially Daniel Craig. And we've seen a few accents from Daniel Craig that, that <laughs> so just pause bad. you. But I'm going to be really honest. After watching Charlie Heat and Sam Guthrie, I can take <laughs> this any day of the week. So I slid it off my pans real quick. Yeah. Um, I kind of go with what Jamie had said. I just thought that the ending with Hillary Swank in the bar, the way that ended, I just thought it was a weird ending. You know, almost like, you know, we're going to see a Logan Lucky 2. You know what I mean? And I know we're not. But it ended almost like on a cliffhanger. And I just thought that was a straight... No, I mean, I I love her as the character because she she was smart. She was sassy. She was all those types of things that that Hillary Swank does well. But I just thought it was kind of weird with her at the bar drinking with Adam Driver and everybody's just doing their... You know their thing, the you know, celebration kind of yeah. deal. I just thought it was a weird ending for this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was kind of neat because it does kind of leave it open. Okay, does she, does she know what's going on and she didn't figure it out on purpose? You know, for the or you know, did they really have her stumped and she's just hanging out there trying to put it put the pieces together? You know, but yeah, I would totally agree with Jamie. That last little bit when they go into the this is what really happened with the heist. You know, that that threw the pacing off just a little bit, but it was brilliant that yeah. it showed yeah. you what happened and the turn there, but it, it really did just, just jumble well, that pacing a bit. I mean, it was so fast. I would have been shocked if, like, Tim Curry had ran by in a tux. I mean, it was going <laughs> too fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, those cars were flying around the speedway, so we need to go ahead and fly around here and pick up an award or two. I think we're going to try to drop a couple in on here. And uh, I'm going to... Uh, this time with your words we're each going to pick something unique that we thought was was neat about this movie so i'm really interested to see where my other guys land here i'm going to land on the best side character hmm? my favorite side character in this movie was adam driver's hand <laughs> <laughs> which one his his um, you know plastic you know appendage there was a beautiful foil for this whole thing and how it's always a thing. You know, when the guy has him make a drink, you know, he, he takes it off and sits it on the bar. When she breaks him out of prison, I got something extra in the bag for you. And when he's sitting there on the couch with this, you know, still attached to him, but he's sitting beside him just looking so awkward and off, you know, just this plastic thing sitting there. And then when it gets sucked up into the... <laughs> You know, the, the vacuum tube with the money is like, oh, let's throw it in reverse. We're jammed. Let's throw it in reverse. And then his hand goes. It's like. <gasps> <laughs> well, and even at the end, it's it's got its own drink. Yeah, it's got its own <laughs> The first time I watched this, when, when his hand got sucked up the vacuum my jaw just fell open. <laughs> I hit the floor. <laughs> uh, well, my, my award is. It's the thing I always talk about when I talk about Logan Lucky. So my award is most believable accent. And my joke award is anyone but Daniel Craig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing an accent here. I don't know what it is. Um, but the one I, the one that really stuck out to me, Channing Tatum did a really good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I felt like Adam Driver 
was really doing. I mean, not everybody from Appalachia talks the way Adam Driver does, right? But that is a very specific accent. That's a very specific. That I have slow heard. Pondering. Yeah, yeah, that that way, the, his diction, the speech pattern, all of that, that felt very authentic. Like I could, I could totally believe somebody from our area, Boone County, our our neck of the woods here. I could he I would hear someone speaking with that voice in that manner, and just roll with it. I would assume they were from around here. Right. Mm-hmm. It was and it was really it was it was it was unique, but it also felt like it just fit. And so I thought he did a really good job with that. And I also wanted to make fun of Daniel Craig again. Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I like Daniel Craig. You oh, know. Yeah, he's a great actor. He just shouldn't do accents. I mean, between this accent and Colonel Sanders, <laughs> you know, his his Colonel Knives Sanders out. impression. D- Detective Falkhorn Lakehorn. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me, son, when I'm talking to you. <laughs> you know. So two accents Daniel Craig should never do is Kentucky and West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, that'd be about 100%. That'd be about it. Um, I kind of went funny with my word, gentlemen. Best use of chemistry. So, <laughs> yes. So the best use of chemistry obviously goes to Daniel Craig, in this case, not the accent, but the chemistry, <laughs> as Joe Bang. And I love, as he explains the chemistry behind his gummy bear bomb. <laughs> It is just so funny. Even down to the point he is using the chemical formulas and reaction symbols as he's using chalk on the center block wall. You know, somebody paid attention in chemistry class. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing about this movie. It's so smart. You know, those those it's it's not yeah. a, you know, it's not just a thrown together. It's smart. Well, even them figuring out how, how to use the the pneumatics of the 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 tube the system. Tube, yeah. You know, I mean that it's just kind of interesting and, and, and cool. It's like Ocean's Eleven, you know, hee-haw style. I mean, whatever. It's pour, Joe pour one into two, two into three, three into four, and run. <laughs> <laughs> Is Joe Bank Hill Billy Mr. Clark? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Oh. But I almost gave, gave an award just to Jack Quaid's hair. <laughs> it was a thing. It's hard not to look at. I mean, every scene he was in felt my eye drawn to that luscious mane. It's luscious or not? No, no. Get a fried chicken in that grease. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, would imagine three three follicle challenge guys would be talking about hair again? Of course, of course, right? <laughs> Just because we don't have any, don't mean we can. Uh, well, our next quest is one of mine. Um, Explain yourself, sir. <laughs> in the words of the graphically novel crew, explain yourself. <laughs> I have an absurd fondness for a 1975, only to me classic named Rollerball. Um, okay, and listeners, make sure you do not watch the 1992, or was it no, 2002? 2002. 2000, I'm trying to block it out. I hate that movie. Uh, don't watch the, the remake. It's a disaster. We'll see how maybe they'll think both of these were disasters <laughs> next week. But it stars James Caan, and it's this um, 70s idea of a dystopian future. And uh, James Caan is the, the main character, and he's kind of pushing back at this you know overly controlled state thing. And the, the culture sort of revolves around this sport called rollerball. And it's, it's just it's really interesting. I think it's kind of thought-provoking. Um, it's another weirdly paced 70s movie. I'm just going to go ahead and spoil one of these guys' pans. The pacing's <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, but I, I love the movie, and I think it's a really 
inter- like one of those weird 70s looks to the future that like mm. it's just interesting what they thought the future was going to be like what their versions of like, a dystopian future would be and and James Caan is um, understated even for James Caan but it's a really interesting performance and so okay. I'm really looking forward to okay I'm, that's not true I'm terrified <laughs> what's wrong what's wrong think of this movie <laughs> But I, I do want to have us have the discussion about Roll. I think it'll be a, an interesting discussion. Cool. I'm afraid you're going to hate it, though. <laughs> nah. Well, as we um, get ready to watch Rollerball, I'm going to go ahead and take one of Jamie's things. As we get ready to have Jamie lose his ability to pan or a Flash Gordon <laughs> next week, we're going to keep it nerdy. <laughs> <laughs>